trusted and proven, pushing the limits on every shot. We never fear failure. Join us as we set ourselves against the odds, bringing you cutting edge voices in every industry. This is the Ironclad Podcast. Dude, I'm pumped. I'm pumped about doing a podcast with you today. So I'll give you a quick little intro for those of you who don't know. So um, Brian is a friend and coach of mine. He's an author, he's an athlete. And he's the world's leading authority in mental performance. And, and, you know, the thing is, is with what you do, you know, I've always thought of coaching. I've respected it, but I never really thought, like, about it, if I'm going to be honest with you. It was never something that I thought about until I started hearing more people talk about it, more people talk about it. And I hit you up. And the processes that you've given me have legitimately changed my life. Awesome. It, it's no joke. It's not only changed my life, but it's changed uh, the brand at Ironclad, changed the way we do things, and has now fed our team new methods of doing things and is changing their life. So I appreciate it, man. It's been awesome. My pleasure, man. Just th- thank you for the opportunity. It's been a lot of fun, and, and uh, you know, the energy is contagious. It's like the life cycle, man. man you, when you're around the right people and you give energy and they give energy back to you, it's like, you're just constantly being energized, man. And if you're not energized with what you're doing every day, you're doing something wrong. So that might be, you know, the first point I want to make to people is that if you don't wake up every day and it's the first thing you think about and the last thing you think about before you go to bed, like what you do with your life, then something's probably off. So let's get that dialed in. Yeah. And, and to that point, I think one of the most pivotal things that I've taken out of all the stuff that we've done together is that the AM and PM routine is a foundation. It's a foundation now. And that daily audit and that daily check-in um, it helps center you and, and reminds you of those things because it's so easy to get stuck in that rat race. Totally. There's, not, there's nothing easier than getting stuck in the rat race. And there's nothing easier than getting the inputs from other people. Like we both have a podcast. What does that mean? Anybody can have a podcast, right? Yeah. And anyone can have a podcast. Anyone can put something out on social media. So, you know, nowadays we don't suffer from a lack of information. We suffer from information overload. And the problem is a lot of that information isn't necessarily on point. It's not time tested. It hasn't been proven to deliver results and you never know who you're listening to or what the strategies are that you're taking. So I think that people need to spend more time in solitude and ask themselves, who am I? What do I really want? What's my strategy or path to get there? And, you know, Jeremy, we've talked about the act. I don't know if it's an acronym or whatever you want to call it, but A plus S plus Goya equals R and it stands for ability plus strategy plus get off your anatomy equals results, right? So it's not that the people that are listening to this don't have the ability to do what they want to do. It's that they're blocking the ability and the way that they unblock that ability is coming up with the right strategy. So you can be, have, or do anything you want with enough time and enough strategy and enough getting off of your anatomy or getting off of your ass to do the work. That's going to give you the results. It's not, it's not a hard process. It's a time consuming process. And you have to identify what the right process is for you to go from where you are to where you want to be and get those results. But once you have that process and you put the work in, you're going to see the results. You do. And I remember when you first started with me, you said, you know, you're going to start seeing results. You're going to start finding time and clarity. Don't fill it with work. And I remember thinking, and I told you this before, I, was, I remember thinking like, what does that even mean? Don't fill it with work. I want to, I want to be able to com- do more. But it makes total sense once you start getting that clarity and what you're able to, it clears up my mind. I'm able to have uh, more time for creative, more time for my family, more time to be a better me. So then I can be a better dad, husband, leader at Ironclad. Um, and that's something that I almost, pr- I almost prided myself in 
being a hard charger, you know, and the sustainability of that, not only for myself, but for my team and my family, it wasn't as efficient as it could be. That's for sure. Well, and there's the, it's the mentality of what got you here won't get you there, right? And the level that you're at, there's a certain, you know, mentality or mindset that goes into getting you where you want to be. If there's a problem that has to be solved, you'll spend 24 hours finding a way to solve the problem. You're going to do it. If, you know, if somebody doesn't show up, you'll do their job. Like you're working in the business. But as the business grows and there's more moving parts to it, there comes a time where you move from working in the business to on the business, right? And now you move from being the one who's in the battlefield to controlling what happens in the battlefield. And what the mentality of what got you there won't get you there means the skill set that you developed to develop a business, whether it be ironclad or mental performance mastery to get to a certain level, if you stay in that same mindset and those same routines and habits, eventually you're going to top off your growth. And then for you to get to that next level, sometimes you have to use the analogy that we've used to being a pool player. Right? And if you're a billiards player, you come up to the pool table, you walk around, you look at your shot, you chalk your stick, you take your shot. You don't then like keep your hand on the table and move around and see how many shots you can get done as quickly as possible. Right? You take a step back, you chalk the stick, and you re-strategize to say, what's my next best move? And I think sometimes when you're in the fight, when you're in the battle, when you're in the grind, we never press pause, step back, get some solitude and silence, which is often where the greatest creativity comes from, and say, is this the best use of my time? Do we have a clear plan to get to where we want to be? And are we maximizing everyone's resources? And I think once you're able to press pause and do that, and sometimes you need a coach or you need an accountability partner to ask you different questions and maybe you've been asking yourself, that's often sometimes what it takes to get you to where you want to be. Yeah. And what, what do you think it is? And because you deal with athletes, you deal with coaches, you deal with business leaders. What is it where, um, coaching is something that is overlooked. Like I overlooked it, right? Like until I really started taking a step back and seeing the top performers in the world, the, you know, the best, the best athletes in the world, the best business people in the world, the best performers in the world in general have coaches in whatever it, practice it is. Are you seeing more people becoming more aware of the mental coach? Are you, and, and what is it that, that needs to click in someone to realize that they need to kind of to push for that? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think there's a lot, there's a lot of layers to it. And, and, and place I often start is what is it, Jeremy, that every Olympic athlete that walks into the opening ceremonies, different country, different body size, different sports, summer Olympics, winter Olympics, doesn't matter. What is it that every single Olympic athlete, the best people in the world at what they do, and they're walking into the opening ceremonies, what do they all have that's the same? They all have a coach. And I think when you look at it that way and say, well, the best athletes on the planet have a coach. And the best organizations, take Apple. When Apple was, was, you know, going from where they were to where they are now, Steve Jobs was the coach and the leader. But then who's coaching Steve Jobs, right? And I think that's the thing that people are starting to become aware of as who's coaching the coaches. And, you know, who's helping you to get the clarity and the communication skill and, the, and what you need to help take your brand or your business from where you are to where you want to be. And I think that just like anything now in social media and the way the world is, it just people become more aware of what other people are doing because you can just see it online and you hear people talk about it. And I think the other challenge with coaching is, you know, there's a lot of people that go through like a, a call it a two month or two week life coaching course or mental performance mastery course, one with which I wrote. And just because you take the test and pass the course doesn't necessarily mean you know exactly how to coach people. You have a foundation, but then you got to go get experience and you got to go do it, right? It's like 
I can turn on a camera. I can use the same camera that you got. I can't get the footage that you got because I don't have the experience of how to do it, but I can look like it if I turn the camera on. And I think there's a lot of people who can make themselves look like they are a great coach and can help you close the gap from where you are to where you want to be, and they don't know. And that's happened to me. I've hired coaches at different times because, I, frankly, I got fooled by their perception online or by how they talked. And after two sessions, I'm like, wait a minute. You don't really know what you're talking about. You're just going through some guy's like workbook that you took when you went to some seminar. And I think that's the, my, my biggest message for people listening to this. If they're interested in hiring, hiring a coach is, you know, ask the people about their results. What have they gotten? You know, one of the best coaches that's out there, a guy named Tony Robbins, who everyone is familiar with, the guy never graduated college. So when someone asks him, hey, what's your degree? His degree is in results, you know? And I think that's what you want to go is don't be anyone's guinea pig, man. Go to somebody who has gotten results. Go to someone who, can, who has proven track record of helping people close the gap from where they are to where they want to be, whether it be Heisman Trophy winners, UFC fighters, you know, Cy Young Award winners in baseball, or be corporate CEOs or people in business to, to grow their revenue and grow their profits. It's like you want to find someone who has done the work but then knows how they did the work because I use the baseball analogy all the time, right? Like um, take Ted Williams, arguably the greatest major league baseball hitter of all time. Not a great hitting coach would say, Hey, watch me. Well, I'm watching you, but can you put into like a checklist form or a process how you did what you do? So I might be able to follow it because as I'm watching you, that doesn't mean I'm understanding what you're doing, you know? So you want to find someone who's really organized and process-based and can basically say to you, hey, here's the steps that you should be following to, to help you give yourself that best chance for success or, again, to close the gap. So let me ask you, Jeremy, what are some of the things that you do that you feel like the, your team members at Ironclad or anybody listening to this Ironclad podcast could also do to start to get some momentum and get some simple wins? What are the things that you've done? Yeah, man. I mean, the first thing was seeking wisdom, right? Like even before I even met you, right? Like I, I started – to try to identify where my gaps were and to seek wisdom. So I would do it through people that are living results, right? So I started looking on the business side. I started looking on the, on the, on the athletic side, who's in, who's, who takes care of their bodies, who's great leaders, who's great fathers. Then I started really investing my time into having those people in my circle. And then from there, I started to search deeper on how do these folks grow. And uh, I was actually listening to a podcast uh, with GSP, George St. Pierre. He started talking about when he really started flipping the switch when he started focusing on mental performance. I dug deeper. I saw you. I hit you up. That happened. We started working together. And man, just some of those fundamentals on the assessment of where I am, my MVP process. And for those who aren't listening or who are, who are listening and don't necessarily know that, identifying my mission, you know, coming up with those goals, those quarterly goals, the pillars, and um, now being able to have something to balance my life on or, or to, to always check my route, always check my route, where's my course, and uh, planning for success. It's been, it's been a game changer, man. And, and if you said that the, the main things, it, it came to identifying my life's mission, setting those, those quarterly goals, and then my AM and PM routines, are, those, are, those are staples now. Mm, nice nice and then you keep in a 168 plan which we talk about about there's 168 hours in a week and the bigger your goals the tighter your process needs to be and most people will not if I say hey tell me what your daily plan looks like and they'll go well I kind of do this I kind of do that and it's like if it's in your head and in the clouds 
it ain't going to grow, right? Things grow in the dirt, not in the clouds. What does that mean? That means take your life mission, take your quarterly goals, take your daily schedule and get it from your head on paper so that you can look at it and manage it and move it around. And then also share it with other people for coaching, right? So I think you're so spot on, man, that if there's things you want to do for yourself, they've either got to be scheduled as part of your daily plan or put into your AM PM routine. Like what are some of the things we're flipping the podcast around now? Yeah. What are yeah. some of the things, what are some of the things that you do uh, as part of that AM or PM routine that you feel like help you to be as elite as you are? Man, honestly, I, I, the majority goes in my PM routine, right? Because if I'm not sleeping right, then I'm not performing right the next day. And in order for me to sleep, right, I've got to be, I've got to be checked off. I've got to check my boxes. So, you know, I'm, I'm everything from, you know, I want to, I want to, man, you, you know, I do push-ups and squats every night. It's not even necessarily, yeah, it's to keep me moving and stuff, but it's, it's more to just manufacture a little bit of uncomfort, you know, a little bit of, of, I don't feel like doing this. I'm going to knock these out. I'd set all my stuff out, my clothes out. Everything's ready for the next day. I do a full audit of my day. Did I not do this? Did I do that? And that falls back to the 168. I push over anything that needs to be addressed tomorrow. I build my plan of attack for tomorrow. I do my reading. All of those things are done. When I close my eyes, I'm in neutral and, and I can truly recoup. And mm -hmm. those things in my PM routine set me up for my AM, which is rather simple and uh, really allow me to just go into the day without worrying and just having a track. And then when things come up, I handle them and uh, I'm more present. I'm not thinking about it uh what's to come what's to come and uh it's been thought about and it's been prepared for and even the visualization tools that that we talked about and even visualizing for those worst case things and how can i be prepared for those that's been a game changer for me as well nice and i, and I think a lot of people will plan plan their super bowl party more than they plan their life and if you think about, you know, being an athlete, like every athlete's going to have a, a warm up that they go through and then they're going to probably have a cool down. Well, your AM PM routine is like, let me start warming up for my day. And one of the first things, you know, people do and you heard, um, you know, Naval Special, Special Operations Admiral William McRaven talk about this in his, in his commencement speech he gave at the University of Texas, which if people haven't seen, great video to check out Admiral McRaven, Texas commencement. And he talks about 10 ways to change the world by starting with yourself. And the first thing he talks about is making your bed. And like you said, you do those squats and you do things at night as a way to keep you uncomfortable. And that's what McRaven talks about is that when you make your bed in the morning, it does a couple things for you as part of that AM routine. One, it starts you with a daily win. Like you already got momentum on your side within waking up for two minutes. You've paid attention to detail, which, which is a key success for anybody in any field. And you start doing that with your bed. And three, you act different than how you feel. And, you know, you mentioned George St. Pierre, arguably one of the greatest mixed martial arts fighters of all time. And if you asked him what was the biggest thing that he got out of our work together, it was probably act different than how you feel. Confidence is a choice. He had done all the preparation, but sometimes when they go walk into the octagon, which they'll do once, right? They'll train every day, but go walking to the octagon once in front of 18,000 people with a camera in front of your face and millions of people watching from around the world. And if you win, you make twice as much as you do. If you lose, there's a little bit of pressure there. And if the only time they go walk into the cage and they're in that environment is fight night, guys will panic. You know, and I've and, and every fighter that I've worked with, five UFC champions and tons of guys that have never worn the strap have all said that the preparation that we put in of in the morning of the fight, we go to the octagon and we will walk in from the locker room, get up in the cage and go through their pre-fight routine 
We'll do it four or five times. They'll even do it like the last week of training before they fly to Vegas or wherever the fight is. Their last sparring session, they'll legit show up two, three hours before, sit in the locker room at their gym like they're going to do at the MGM Grand in Vegas to prepare what they're going to do because separation is in preparation. And if they practice that pre-fight routine, they feel like they're much more consistent with getting in the cage with confidence and able to fight their fight. Where in life, if you execute your AM routine, you're able to go into your day and do what you want to do. But then we look at how, like you've said, Jeremy, that the PM routine is what kickstarts the AM routine. If your PM routine is off and you're usually going to bed at 10, but your PM routine is off, so now you're going to bed at 1130 or 12, you're going to be less likely to get up early in the morning and have the juice that you need to go out there and dominate the day. So the PM routine is often what kickstarts the AM. And like yourself and the London, many people listen to this, you know, I'm traveling 250, 280 days a year. So my PM routine has been as simplified as put my phone on airplane mode, set my alarm and put on a background noise. I use the Calm app, lay out my clothes for what I'm going to wear tomorrow. I'll put my phone on top of my clothes. First thing is my workout clothes. And I put them somewhere where I can't touch them when I'm in bed. I get in bed, lights out, go to sleep wake up, hopefully before my alarm, but wake up and I set two alarms on my watch and on my phone because it's important that I get up. And then once the alarm goes off, I have to get out of bed, go over and grab my phone. As I touch my phone, I start putting my clothes on. Then I go to the bathroom. Then I come out and make my bed and I'm out, of the, I'm out the door. And if I can execute that, then I know that workout I do in the morning, like I feel like that's my, my you know, keystone part of my routine. That's my number one thing that if I get that exercise early in the morning, should even if it's a 20 minute run, right? It doesn't have to be doing a, an Ironman or doing a mountain climb or whatever it is. Just get some kind of sweat going. And my goal is sweat before screens, sweat before I get in front of a computer screen. Cause when I get in front of a computer screen, I get pulled in cause I love what I'm doing and I don't want to stop. You know, like it's my 41st birthday today and I've been in front of this computer screen since 5.30 a.m. because I get to do what I want to do every day, man. And I have to like remind myself to go, hey, there's other things to do besides coaching. There's other things to do besides impacting with people. Like go see your wife. Let me go do that. You know, so I got a hard cut today at noon. At noon, I'm done. Computers closed and I'm, you know, going rogue until Monday morning. So, you know, you have to have, I think, that kind of structure if you're going to play offense. If you don't have a 168 plan where you map out your time, if you don't have an AM and PM routine, if you don't know your mission in life, meaning what do you want on your gravestone? Why do you exist? If you don't know your vision, what you want to get done telescope-wise, five years in the future, microscope-wise, today and in the next 90 days, which is when you talked about your MVP process, vision is essentially goals, and you don't know your core principles, who you are and how you want to live your life moment to moment, you're playing defense, man. You're playing defense, and you're letting all the outside inputs from social media, TV, whoever, tell you and set the bar for you on how you should be living. And you got to make your own decision around that. You got to take some quiet time or solitude so you have the time to reflect on that. And then you got to map out your schedule and start playing offense. It doesn't mean you schedule every minute of your day for work, which we've both struggled with, but you improve your systems. And as you improve systems, you create more time. And as you create more time, be careful of shoving more work in that time. And if you're just getting started in your business, do it. But if you're at a level where like you're already doing a lot of things, and your, 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 your pull is not, I need to do more work to make more money because I'm just getting started. Your pull is to, I need to free up more time so I can take care of myself and take care of my family. Then when you improve your processes to create more time in business, don't fill it with work, fill it with family, fill it with fitness, fill it with taking care of yourself. And as you keep taking care of yourself and you start getting your personal life in order and you start kind of getting more juice on that side, that juice is going to creep over into the business side. 
unfortunately, if it's the bad juice, because you're not taking care of your relationships at home, you're not taking care of your fitness, you're not managing your finance, that's going to creep into your business as well. So I'm going to, you know, I'm getting all fired up here, but I apologize. It, no, it's good, man. And, and you, I even find that with myself, if I fall out of my routine for two days, that two days starts creeping in. Yeah. That, and then I start getting content with, oh, you know, I didn't do that. No, I didn't work out. Like right now, we, we're doing the, the app, uh, Way of Life. And yeah. I've been looking and uh, two days in a row, I didn't work out. You know, and I'm thinking, you know, every other day, worst case scenario. And uh, now I'm thinking, oh, I got date night tonight. You know, probably this is my cheat meal. I might not work out again. Well, I better do something. You know, so, so it, but then I'm like, well, it, it starts getting softer and softer. So can we talk about momentum and what that does for someone and, and breaking that momentum and why it's important to stay disciplined in that? Yeah. You know, it's interesting. You say momentum and discipline and my mentor, Ken Revisa used to always use the term simplex, simple and complex at the same time. Right. And George St. Pierre would talk about, you can be confident and terrified at the same time. So when you're talking about discipline and momentum, to me, discipline is I will find a way to get myself to do what I want to do when it needs to be done, regardless of how I feel. Now, workout sometimes like gets thrown in at a certain time, but then something else comes up and you have to delay the workout to something else. Where to me, momentum is like a lot of people think momentum is, hey, like I, in Snapchat or in, in Way of Life, I made my bed this day. I made it seven days in a row. I got momentum. I think momentum is the most overrated thing on the planet. It's a coin flip, man. You either make the decision in the moment or you don't. It's either heads or it's tails. You do work out. You don't work out. Your momentum is created by your mindset. I work with a lot of golfers. Golfers will say, well, when I'm hitting it good, I got momentum. No. Every shot that you take is one shot and it's isolated from every other shot. And if you have momentum, that's because you put that in your mindset. If you think I don't have momentum today, that's because you put it in your mindset. And when you get to the point where you say, I can generate my momentum that fast because it's a decision I make with my body language, my energy, or my focus in my mindset. Again, now you're playing offense, right? So momentum could be created by you being more organized. But that's not really momentum. That's you getting your shit together and getting organized and knowing this is what I got to do and this is when I'm going to do it. So if you look at the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery, pillar number eight is time management and organization. And it's not momentum. Why? Because momentum is something that you get if you maximize your time and organization. Pillar number one is elite mindset, not momentum. Why? Because you get momentum if you have an elite mindset. Although pillar number four is self-control and discipline. And self-control and discipline is there because if you're going to be organized and if you're going to have any semblance of momentum of consistency day to day or consistency within your day, it's going to take you to have the self-control and the discipline to stick to your plan. But if you're going to have a plan, it's going to take you having the consistency or should I say the time management and organization to create the plan, you know? And it's funny, uh, I'll share this with you. I don't think, I don't even know if I mentioned this on our, on our last call is I have, have worked with an athlete who was a first-round pick in Major League Baseball this year. He went to the same high school as Tom Brady. Tom Brady's high school coach, his high school coach, somehow got them connected. And he's sitting in my living room, and we're talking about, hey, you're getting ready to go play pro baseball, and 
you know, here's what to expect. This can be different than college. You're not going to have the structure like you have in college of a coach telling you where to be, what to do, having classes, having all these things for you. You want a meal, you go to the dining hall. Like, you're going to be in a world by yourself, man. You're going to have to start to get organized and have routines to play offense and take advantage of all these things. He's like, man, that's kind of what Tom was telling me. Tom? Who's Tom? Is that your brother? Is that your dad? You know, and he goes, no, man, Tom Brady. I'm like, what are you talking about? And then he told me a story about how his coach got him connected to the whole thing. And I said, hey, man, what's he like? Ask him the million dollar question. Ask him, what do you know now you wish you knew then? Like, what do you know now as a, you know, <laughs> the greatest quarterback ever? You wish you knew when you got drafted. Or, you know, you, you might, people who are listening to this that, that, you know, follow Ironclad and want to do what you do, Jeremy, or they follow mental performance and maybe they want to do what I'm doing. Yours probably a lot more fun than what I'm doing. <laughs> but, you know, I was looking at, looking at where you're looking at both of us, what we're doing. If people want to do it, the question they should be asking us is, hey, what do you know now you wish you knew when you got out of college? Or what do you know now you wish you knew when you were just getting Ironclad started? And what that does is that's going to speed up the learning curve. And Tom Brady's answer was so simple. He said, look, quote, as early in your career, find out what's good and find out what's bad for you. Do more good, do less bad. You're going to have a great career. I mean, it's that simple, right? But in order to do more good and do less bad, you got to have some self-control and discipline. And as you make those decisions, moment to moment to moment to moment, the outcome is momentum. So how important is momentum? I think it's as important as you want to make it because I believe I can make my momentum that fast by what I make my decision to do right here in this moment. What about you though, man? What do you think about momentum? I, well, now you just sold me on it. I mean, that was great, man. I, I, you know, I, I agree with when it comes to the, the self-control and discipline allows you to, to do it. And, and, you know, I've, I've always, I think I hold myself, you know, for a long time, I used to think on absolutes for everyone because mm. this is the principles that I live by. So everyone has to be like this. As I got married, have kids, all these things, I'm realizing daily that that's not the case. Um, but for me, I hold myself to the standard where, you know, if it's bad, it's because of me. If it's good, it's because of the team. So if I didn't do it, it's my fault, you know? So I, I see, I, I, now that you put it in those, in those uh, words, it's already the truth. You know, it's already the truth of what I've seen. Uh, I just didn't, I didn't think of it like that. So it's, it, that's good. Well, in, turn, in thinking like that, you know, people who are listening to this, if you take out the FedEx logo, right? And uh, well, let's see here. Watch this. I'm going I'm to use this one on you. One second. You're going to love this. So it's, it's, it's a new perspective, right? So when you – I think part of the beauty of coaching is that it often gets you to see things in a different way. So if I share my screen and you take a look here at this FedEx logo, how many times in your life, Jeremy, have you seen this FedEx logo? Countless. Countless. You ever seen the arrow inside of the logo? Now I do. <laughs> yeah, now you do, right? You yeah, see the yeah. white arrow yeah. right here between the orange E and the orange X, right? And here's the deal, man. You've seen this logo your entire life. But now that you see it, do you see it completely differently than you ever have in your entire life? Yeah, man. Because you see the arrow. And that's what coaching does for you, is coaching gives you a different perspective and hopefully allows you to see things that you have seen your entire life, but see them with new eyes, you know, see, see things that are negative in life, like adversity, uh, bad things that get written about you that are not true or things that go on around you, right? All the bullshit. And you know what it is? It ain't adversity, man. 
it's all good mental training. It's all good mental training, all of it, all of the time. And when you look at it that way, I got to change a diaper, good mental training. I'm stuck in traffic, great mental training. All the things that we complain about, that we bitch about, that we moan about, they're all just good mental training at you learning how to be in control of yourself, you taking the time to be in, in some solitude and just kind of start thinking about how you're living your life, man. Then we call that the R&R, dude. That time is the reflection and the refocus time. And you've got to make R&R for yourself. You've got to reflect on how you've been doing and you've got to refocus. And one of the simple strategies that we use is the well, better, how, right? So I, we do this every call is reflect yep. on what am I doing well in the last week? What do I want to do better moving forward in the next week? How am I going to do it? So the reflection is well, better and the, the refocus moving forward is how am I going to do that? And then you have that game plan, you schedule that game plan, and you go to work on that game plan, and you measure how you're doing. Are you, are, is your behaviors and what you do aligned with what your goals are? And I saw this stat the other day, and I had to laugh, uh, is that you know the average American, which I'm sure the average American ain't listening to this podcast because this is about challenging your ass and education, right? And the average American has what we call the E to E ratio. And the E to E ratio is education to entertainment. And if you just look at the apps on your phone and how many apps on your phone are Candy Crush, Game of War, or whatever it is, the games that you're playing to entertain yourself, ESPN, to watch people play college football, unless you're a scout, unless you're a coach, unless you're a professional gambler, do you need to be watching that game or working on yourself playing your game? Right. So it's like if we take the E to E ratio, these people have all these things they do for entertainment. What are they doing for education, man? And I saw this stat the other day and had to laugh that the average American invests four hours a day in front of a screen on their phone, social media, and they invest four hours a day in front of a TV screen. And as I'm sitting yesterday on a flight from Dallas to Phoenix, I was the last one on the Southwest Airlines plane. I had to do a little negotiation and life is a negotiation. I had to get on the plane. They actually opened the door to get me on, which was unbelievable. Didn't think it would ever happen, but hey, you got a skill set or you don't. I was able to get myself on the plane and I sit in the last row middle seat. The guy next to me, watching football the entire time or looking at Facebook. This guy, playing Candy Crush or some other game the whole time. And I'm sitting there and I listened to three online courses, each an hour long, one by a Navy SEAL named Alden Mills, which was incredible, two other ones by, um, by guys talking about leadership, lead yourself now. And I'm just sitting there like, maybe I'm the screwed up one, man. You know, maybe, I mean, I shouldn't say maybe. I know I'm messed up you know, but I just don't get it, man. Like I don't get why people don't work to educate themselves. They're just on the treadmill. They're on the treadmill doing what everyone else does, trying to have fun, breaking bananas and grapes on their phone and candy crush instead of taking a look inside of themselves saying, what are the habits I got to break? What are the mindsets I got to break to take my game to the next level? And some people maybe just don't want to get to the next level for whatever reason. But in my heart of hearts, I believe every person was designed for greatness and every person wants to truly get to the next level. They just don't know what to do because they don't have a coach or someone who's going to push them or sometimes pull them to get to where they need to be. Dude, that's incredible. I don't even think they know it's an option. I don't even think they know it's an option. And, and, you know, I was and this sounds kind of mean, but you know, you walk around the mall or Walmart or something, you say, yeah, I'm the weird one. You do, you do. And that's a societal thing. I don't know. What do we do to break that habit in people? You just live by example. How do you get it out? What do you do to show people that they're in control of their destiny and that, that life doesn't have to happen to them? I mean, the first thing you got to do is model it, man. 
because this type of mindset and the stuff we're talking about here is going to be caught as much as it's taught. So it can be taught, but it's going to be caught before it's taught because, and I think that's the big challenge with this is that people get a certification or they go to some fancy event and they come back and they go, Oh, I'm going to teach you my system. But you look at them, you're like, yeah, well, fuck first live, sorry, first live your system, live your system before you start to teach me your system, because I'm going to follow what you do more than what you say. So, you know, I think that's when I started getting into the ultra endurance world and doing the Ironman triathlons and the hunt, you know, the hundred mile race and things like that is I was like, man, I got to raise my game. If I'm challenging people to get to another level, I got to do the same thing. This marathon once, you know, every weekend ain't cutting it anymore. Let's go next level. And you know, things like that. So I think the first thing is understanding that as the, as the leader, as the teacher, as the influencer, most importantly, as the thing that you can control, model it first. Then look to impact one person at a time. And as you're looking to impact one person at a time, like when you're looking to grow a business, whether it's a coaching business or consulting business or video business, first thing you're trying to do is get your first gig, right? Get your first opportunity. You get that first opportunity and influence and impact that first opportunity. And then what happens? I'm sure it's the same for you is, 99% of the business that I've gotten has been word of mouth from one client to another, to another, to another. It's not like my website or my social media marketing or my email newsletter is driving the needle, man. That's not happening. What's driving the needle is results and people talking to people because there's a trust, right? And I'm sure it's the same for you. So I think to get people into, out of those habits, one is model it, two is then influence people one at a time, and three, give them an easy starting point. And here's an easy starting point. I think as we, you know, this podcast we're recording here, uh, September 20th, I actually had to look at my watch to know yeah. what day it was. It's your birthday and you forgot. Yeah. Yeah. Good. Mental training. Doing yeah, something. There you right? go. Every yeah. day is the same, man. It's a holiday. Every day is a holiday. I Every day you. is a birthday. I'm doing what I want to do, man. So I think it's, it's people knowing where to start and where to start could be very simply AM PM routine. Where to start could be let me actually take a stopwatch and identify my E to E ratio. And if I'm taking two hours a day into education, let me just take a quarter of it, or I'm sorry, two hours a day into entertainment. Let me make it 90 minutes and put 30 minutes into education. And where to start? Just start by calling Success Hotline for three minutes. One of my mentors, Dr. Rob Gilbert, who's a professor of sports psychology at Montclair State in New Jersey, since January 22nd, 1992, he's left a three-minute message on the answering machine, and all you do is call and listen. Outside of exercise, Success Hotline is probably the number two keystone inside of my routine, and I usually do the two together. I call when I'm moving and warming up. The phone number, and drop this in the show notes, is 973-743-4690. 973-743-4690. Dr. Rob Gilbert, three-minute message every day. All you do is call and listen. And, you know, he changes it about 7.30 Eastern time, and that is a great way to start to build your mindset. Another one would be, you know, running through and asking yourself, well, better how, what am I doing well right now? What do I want to do better? How am I going to do it? And then give yourself a week to do it. And on Sunday, pick an accountability partner. Okay. Here's the, here's, here's essentially the backbone of my coaching. We sit down on Monday, you come up with a game plan. what you do? Well, what do you got to do better? How are you going to do it? Then you come up with that, how you execute on it the next week, the next Monday, we jump on a call. I start by asking, Hey, you said you were going to do this. How did you do? And then you reflect, and then we game plan, and then we go into some other things, but that's the backbone of it, man, is it's accountability and a plan. So if for anyone listening to this, you might be saying, hey, I got $10 to my name. I don't know what to do. I don't know where to get started. Well, you're probably listening to this on your phone, so call Success Hotline every day, and 
find one of your friends. If you don't have a friend, ask someone to be yours, right? And when you ask them to be yours, start with, hey, we're going to get on a call for 15 minutes every Monday, and we're going to talk about what we're doing well, what we want to do better, how we're going to do it, and we're going to report back to each other with that accountability. Because no one, I don't care who you are, how disciplined you are, how mentally tough you are, I don't think anyone can get to the levels they want to be if they're just accountable to themselves. And I used to say that, and my clients have said that, and I think we're just fooling ourselves with that. I believe that if you want to speak something into existence and you have big goals, you have to surround yourself with, with, with other people who are going to support you in those goals and follow a three-step plan to making goals happen. Number one, make a commitment to your goal. So it's got to be something you're passionate about and something that you believe is going to help you or help others. Two, make it public. Share it with somebody. And three, make it happen by scheduling your time on a daily basis. That's great, man. And, and I got to tell everyone who hears this, they work. The practices work. Success hotline works. I call it every, I got it. Oh my God, Micah who's recording over here. I got yeah. you calling it every morning. I, it, it's a, it starts you off right, man. You, you hear a good message, you're challenged. And there's something about, um, you become addicted to results. And, mm. and when, you, when you start doing these things, the results that you see in the, in, in the way you feel and the way you perform you become addicted to and you want to step it up. So it's been awesome, man. I, I, uh, we usually wrap our, our conversations with what challenge would you give someone over the next five days to start right now, but you already gave a challenge. Well, let me give them another one. See this band I wear right here. It's a, it's a white plastic band that says one on it. If you don't have a one band, get a rubber band. And in that rubber band, write down the one word that if you would live as we approach October, as you would live October, November, December, live quarter three, or give yourself a month, or give yourself a week. Okay, if you're just getting started, a month is too long. Just go for a week and write down the one word on your wrist that if you would live, you feel like you would give yourself the best chance for success. So mine was on there. As you shower, it washes off. So what I'm going to write on my one word, Jeremy, is I'm going to write down my one word of transition. What's your one word focus right now, man? For you to be the person you want to be, what would be one word that would kind of encompass that whole mindset and being for you? Like I said, like in our last meeting, you know, it started with strong, a stronger, right? I wanted to be stronger mentally, physically, emotionally, spiritually, but it's now it's become present. Uh, I want to be present. I want to be, I want to be there who's, who's, who's connected with my team and connected with my family. Why is that important for you? Why is it important for you to be present? It's important in a lot of different ways, but you know, if I'm not present, then yeah, I'm not living selflessly. First off, I'm not impacting and I'm not living to my mission, right? So if I'm not, if I'm not, uh, you know, learn, live, give, right? If I'm not giving, if I'm not present. Mm -hmm. and, um, and then it becomes about me. It becomes about me getting stronger, me being me, more focused, me being uh, the one being able to achieve my goals. And then I'm not, my goals are built around a team and about a family. So um, that presence is very important. And it's something that, um, I can often overlook if I am constantly focused on achieving one thing you know, right, that's right in front of me. And uh, I got to remind myself to step out of it. Part of it's the 168, part of it's my routines and uh, allows me to just be there. Nice, nice. Mine, mine, as I wrote it down, and typically I write it with a uh, Sharpie. I just had to write it with a pen because my Sharpie's over there and I didn't want to have to walk over there, but I will do it as soon as we get off is transition and transition for me is I've been on the road 280 days a year for like since like the last 15 years and it's been great. I've loved it. I still love it. I'm not tired. I get energized. 
but I know if I'm going to have a family and my, you know, my, I'm not getting any younger, right? So if I'm going to have a family, uh, I know I, I want to be home. So I've got to transition from me being the one that delivers the message in person on a stage, you know, or in a, in a locker room or in a boardroom to trying to do more of it online like this, because one, I feel like technology nowadays is designed where you can do it this way and have the same kind of impact. I mean, you and I have still not met in person, yeah. you know, and we can still have an impact this way because impact is made not from a one-time deal, but impact is made from what you do consistently over time. So I'm trying to transition from being out and doing it to being here and doing it and doing it shorter, more consistently with people. And I've got a plan to execute. I just got to be here to execute the plan. So, uh, you know, that's, that's kind of where I'm at is looking to transition from the way I've done it to the next way I want to do it still to be able to get the results, still be able to impact and influence lives and, you know, still be able to execute my mission, which I want to hear what your mission is. My mission is educate, empower, energize other people to be their best. And I've been doing that in person and online a little, and now it needs a shift to be doing it much more online like this in person. But, uh, you know, it's going to take a little bit for me to get there, but that's the plan for the 2020-21 school year. So educate, empower, energize other people to be their best. My mission, what I want, my gravestone. Thank you for the opportunity to do that, Jeremy. What's your mission, brother? My mission is to learn, live, and give through impact and through experience. And, and really, when we talked about it, we talked about, it, I had this long, long one. And you're like, you got to simplify, simplify, simplify. Because it's all about freedom, you know? And, and, and people are bound by, by financial chains. They're bound by mental chains. They're bound by spiritual chains. And they don't understand that they can break it and, and you have to learn it and you have to live it. And then ultimately I want to, I want to give it, man. I want to impact. So, uh, part of that has been these sessions with you and they've been awesome, man. Awesome. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you willing to, uh, willing to give me a chance and appreciate the consistency of, of, you know, I don't think, I don't think you've missed a Monday ever. So some people do, some don't, you don't. So it's been really good, man. I appreciate you being all in. Yeah. Well, I appreciate it too. How, how can people find you? Uh, easiest thing is just go to my website, briancain.com, B-R-I-A-N-C-A-I-N.com. If they want to get me on social media, most active on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Brian Kane Peak. And I would give people my phone number. I just have a hard time getting back to people on the phone because I'm usually with people. If I'm not doing this, I'm on the road, but I will give them my personal email. And then if they want to call, just let me know. We'll try to set something up. Um, and I do a lot of my email, you know, I try to, I don't I try to hit it every day, but I try yeah. to get it there at least, at least two, three times a week. It's just my name, Brian at briancane.com, Brian at briancane.com. And, you know, one of my mentors, Rob Gilbert, who created success hotline, he said something to me the other day that, that was really, um, it was really a deep compliment for me. It was really meaningful to me. He said, Brian, not only are you a mental performance expert, he says you're an accessible expert. And I think so many times, you know how it is, right? As you climb, as, as you get more busy and more people are pulling at you. And I fight with this all the time of like, the more, the better you become in what you do, the more opportunities you have to impact lives, the more you get pulled out in different directions. But that's, that's what life is. Life is about giving your life away and trying to inspire and impact and influence other people. So, you know, I want to share my email address. I want to share how people can get a hold of me. I'd love to be able to work with them one-on-one -on -one for coaching, but I know I have to cap how many people I take on so I can be my best for them and I can be my best for myself. So, you know, I always struggle with that, you know, in terms of where's the line where 
I got too much going on. And, and then I start to bring in team members and, and try to do it that way. So I, that's one of the things I struggle with challenging wise is try to, how to, <laughs> where to draw the line in terms of accessibility, because I have to take some time back for myself or solitude and what I need to do. That's probably one of the challenges I'm trying to figure out right now. It's a great challenge to have, but trying to figure that out. Well, your accessibility has been huge, you know, especially when I first started to now, I mean, even from, from doing one of these to, to, Sending uh sending out group texts when you're when you're doing one of your challenges, um, those things have been huge and uh, it's made an impact. And the compounding interest of that impact, I can't imagine what it is just because I know what it is already in mine. You know, I was telling the guys in my in my in my gym, I have uh, above my bench press on the ceiling says, um, you know, you have 14 people who depend on you and 38,000 watching. And hopefully that continues to go up about how many people we have on social media watching and things like that. But I want people to, I want to, rem, I remind myself of that. And uh, your impact on me has hit all of those. So I can't imagine what it has even beyond, you know, all the people that you work with. It, it's, it's gotta be huge. So uh, just know that it, that accessibility has been huge. I appreciate it. You know, and it, it's, it's like the ripple effect, right? If you've heard of the butterfly effect, like a butterfly flaps its wings over in Argentina and it starts somehow a hurricane in, in the Carolinas, you know, or the ripple effect of you drop a rock in the middle of a lake. And by the time those ripples get to the shore, you can't see them. So you never know how a life touches a life touches a life, you know, but we've talked, we, it's funny when you mentioned MVP process and yeah, I ain't ready to get off. So we talked, mentioned, <laughs> mentioned MVP process and, you know, you have your mission of, of what you want on your gravestone. Then you talk about the vision and the vision is what's one tangible goal. And my number one vision from a business standpoint is certify 10,000 coaches in mental performance mastery who then each coach or touch 1000 lives over the course of their career. And through that together, we've impacted 10 million people. So the plan is if I can get 500 coaches certified a year over 20 years, that's 10,000. If then over that 20 years or the following 20 years or so, they touch a thousand lives, that's 10 million lives that we've impacted. Not even thinking about that next level of the people that are certified, the people that they touch, who are all the people they touch. I mean, take that 10 million and just dump gasoline on it. It's probably going to be a hundred million. Yeah. And, you know, that's, that's what excites me. National championships, UFC titles, Heisman trophies, that stuff's exciting, but impacting 10 million people. That's what keeps me up at night, man. That's what gets me going in the morning. That's exciting. It's going to happen, man. Yeah, no doubt. It's going to happen. No but uh, it's been a blast, man. It's been a blast. It's been a fun journey. It's been uh, – I'm excited for it to continue. It's been, it's been a great podcast. My goal with this is to just fire people up and, and to let people know what's at their fingertips and what's available. You know, that's the whole point of, of the Ironclad podcast is iron sharpens iron, you know, and um, – it's, it's, it's important. It's important to control that content that's coming in. It's important to control who you, who you allow in to, to, to influence you and um, always audit where you are. Hmm. Let's figure out audit where you are. I don't know if you saw the Alabama football training camp, right? Before the 2000, and I want to say it was 18 season. Uh, you know, they followed Nick Saban and Alabama football training camp for like four or five days. I don't know if it was an HBO special, or, but it's on YouTube. It might have been ESPN. I'm not sure who it was. But they, he brought in Kobe Bryant to speak to the team. And Kobe Bryant came in, and one of the things he said is he said, when you go into a season, you have to audit your life. There are things you have to eliminate in the season, people you have to cut off in the season, things you can no longer do in the season because there is only so much time and you got so many things pulling at you. 
And, you know, arguably that's one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Kobe Bryant. But here's something about Kobe Bryant that people don't know, Jeremy. And you probably picked this up on Success Hotline. You probably know exactly where I'm going, is that winners lose more than losers lose. And I think part of what holds people back from getting a coach and growing into the person they want to be is they're afraid of the loss. They're afraid of what could happen. And, you know, one of my friends, Sean Haggerty, who is a former Navy SEAL, Navy SEAL instructor, owns San Diego's first and only organic brewery, Protector Brewery in San Diego. When I asked Sean, what's one piece of advice from the SEAL teams that you could give to me, I could bring to, to people around the world, athletes, teams. And he said, man, no pride, no ego, just progress. Pride and ego are big time inhibitors of growth because you're not willing to take the risk to grow because you might be embarrassed, you know, with what you're, you're concerned about other people say or what other people think. So you got to swallow the pride, swallow the ego and just focus on making progress. And Kobe Bryant, if he had too much pride and too much ego, Kobe Bryant, LeBron James, Michael Jordan. If they had too much pride and too much ego, we probably would have never heard about who they were as basketball players. Because everyone thinks about those three as surefire Hall of Famers and surefire some of the best players ever played the game. What they don't know, though, Jeremy, is that winners lose more than losers lose. And Kobe Bryant, Michael Jordan, LeBron James are three of the top five in the history of NBA for most missed shots. Yeah, man. It's powerful. Keep shooting. Pete Rose, people think of him for gambling. I think of him as the greatest winner in baseball history. More wins than any other athlete that's ever played the game. Most hits than anyone else that's ever played the game. Also got out more than anybody else. So winners lose more than losers lose. Just keep doing the damn work. The results will come. Have the right strategy. Get off your ass and apply it over time. This isn't difficult. It's just time consuming. Do the work, put in the time, you're going to get the result. Maybe not as fast as you want, but it will come if you stay consistent. Don't count the days. Make the days count. Thanks for having me on the Ironclad Podcast. Hell yeah. Thanks, Brian, man. Hey, enjoy your day. Enjoy your birthday. You earned it. You deserve it. Have fun with the family. It was a blast. Appreciate it, man. Going out to the golf course, see what I can't get into today. Dominic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, nice. man. All right, man. Thanks.